The D-backs return to the Valley hosting the Dodgers for their first home series of the 2023 season. Arizona Sports brings you D-backs home opener coverage with Wolf and Luke. All right, welcome back. Third hour of the show. It is Wolf and Luke live from the Auction Community Studios. And, of course, the D-backs set to host the L.A. Dodgers tonight. 7-10, first pitch, Chase Field, Merrill Kelly on the mound. And Wolf joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is Arizona Deep Diamondbacks legend. Luis Gonzalez, Gonzo, what's going on, man? What's going on, fellas? Ready for this game yeah. tonight, man. This has been a lot of fun through the first week. It really has. I mean, to uh, leave Dodger Stadium and uh, Petco Park and be 3-3 three and three right now, we'll take it, especially uh, with the young kids that we have on the club just getting out of the gate. So it's it's hoping to be a pretty exciting summer for us. We're hoping. Yeah, you know, one of the cool things about this, Gonzo, so far, at least as I see it right now, is resiliency is one of the coolest things I think you could have collectively as a team, is to be resilient. And that's the one thing I think we've seen, Gonzo, through the first six games, correct? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we have so many young players, and they they showed it last year in September when they all came up and played extremely well. But, I mean, now they have a full spring training under them, and they're really starting to know each other a little bit better and get that comfort factor, and they play all out. And that's what's exciting, and I think that's what the fans here in the Valley really love is players that are going to give you maximum effort every time out there. They're not going to win every game. Uh, they're going to make mistakes, but at the same time, if they give you maximum effort, I think the fans really appreciate that. Well, I think you kind of hit on it too, Gonzo, talking about these these first 10 games, really, with the eight against the Dodgers and two against the Padres. You come out of that with a split. I mean, the thought with a young team is you figure you're going to get better over the course of the year, whereas other teams might not, right? Yeah, and I think as the time goes on, you're going to see these guys start to gain a lot of confidence. I mean, the the... The, the advantage that we have now is with the balanced schedule. We're not going to be beating up, uh, you know, each other with the Dodgers and the Padres because they've, you know, they're always at the top and wins losses every year. So now we have a chance to kind of spread the wealth a little bit and get to play some of these other teams and they get to see what we have to face uh, 32 times a year. So um, it's going to, it's going to be really nice for us to go out there and play some different teams and, uh, hopefully get some wins from some of these other ball clubs. So, Gonzo, once again, uh, we all know it's only six games. It's only <laughs> six games, but are there some young guys on this team that have caught your eye, and if so, whom? Well, I mean, for sure, you got to be excited about our young outfield guys that we have. Our bullpen's going to be a little bit different. You know, we have some, some hard throwers now. We don't just have finesse guys that are going to go in there. You know, obviously, we lost a game late in San Diego, but that's going to happen sometimes. Left a split up in the strike zone. They hit it out for a home run. But for the most part, man, these guys, uh, Tori and the coaching staff, have really instilled in these guys to give max effort, go out there and play hard, and anything can happen. You're seeing that late in the games. These guys don't give up. They grind out at-bats, and they try to get on base and try to score runs and create uh, nuisance for the other team any way they can. Talking to Luis Gonzalez, uh, Gonzo, I mean, you've played in, in, in your fair share of home openers, and I know we're a week into the season, but what is that like when you're taking the field at home for the first time that season? Oh, it's nice. It's exciting, especially to play in front of your home fans. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a hostile environment anyway. We're playing the Dodgers, and they always bring a ton of fans from L.A., and there's some Dodger fans that live here in the Valley. But um, for us, we held our own in the first series, and hopefully uh, – 
here at home we can go out there and play well, get out of the gates good at home. But we to to win and to get in the playoffs, you have to play good at home. And you know you play half your games at home, half on the road. But to get that extra advantage late in the year when you're looking at wins and losses you have to be a good home team so hopefully that'll be the case for us this year what have you seen from gabriel marino so far this season give give me a reasonable expectation diamondback fans yeah. should have for him yeah and i mean i was a huge uh, bar show fan and uh i was sad when we uh when we traded him away but we did we received moreno's a fantastic player guriel He's going to be pivotal for our ball club, too. So we got two good players in return. And, look, when Kelly went down, this young kid has been asked to step in and be the leader back there to a lot of veteran pitchers and some of the other guys that we have. And he's filled the void uh, extremely well. He can swing the bat. And uh, the more playing time that he gets back there and the more confidence that he gains with some of our veteran starters, the better he's going to be. And he's, he's held his own. Talking to Luis Gonzalez, uh, Gonzo, I know it's 162 games. You, you got to essentially take it one game at a time. But how much do you look at the schedule when, you know, these first 10 games, you get through the series with the Dodgers, you've only got five games against them the entire rest of the season. Is that something guys are aware of? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, for us, it's, uh, you know, we know we got them early. You want to try to set the tone, but. You know, they're, they're, uh, you know, they lost a, a good player early in the year. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're trying to overcome some injuries too. And, and for us, you got to take advantage of that when you have that opportunity. And you don't wish injuries on anybody. You have to uh, try to beat up on those teams. And for us to go there and get a split at that place, it's a hostile place to play in when you're going in as a visitor. And uh, to have a young team go in there and do that, we feel pretty good. Gonzo, how sentimental do you get walking around Chase Field? Uh, what do you mean? How sentimental you mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, would you like to see the Diamondbacks stay at Chase Field? How sentimental do you get when you walk around? Well, I mean, well, th- this place has a lot of uh, meaning to myself and my teammates and, uh, and the fans that have been here since day one. And uh, there's been a lot of joy here in this ballpark. There's been a lot of tears, too, sometimes. But uh, for the most part, you know, the, the, this stadium is the fourth oldest in, in Major League Baseball, if you can believe that. Wow. And, uh, you know, there are some things that need to be changed and fixed up a little bit. But for the most part, if this is where the team's going to stay, then we, we make those adjustments and we try to, to, to fix the ballpark up. We want our fans to be comfortable. And we've always been uh, one of the most affordable places for, for fans to come see a game. We try to change the menus up and do a bunch of different things to keep people interested in coming downtown here to see our team play. And if you put a good product on the field, like we're trying to do now, people come out, you know, the way the Valley is. And it's always been, you know, we get people that are from uh, other States that come here and move here. And if you have a team that's winning, they seem to follow those teams all the time. Gonzo, we talked to you about Corbin Carroll before the season and, you know, the conversations about the contract and, you know, the risk or the reward for the team. But, you know, from your perspective as a, as a player, what kind of pressure is on a young outfielder like that? And how do you think he's handling it so far? I don't think he's got any pressure on him at all. I think, if anything, he's more relaxed now because he knows he's locked up long term. He doesn't have to go out there and press and try to do too much. This guy's a fantastic player, and he's young and at, in his age. But mentality-wise and the way he plays the game, he plays like a like a bona fide veteran. He's very knowledgeable out there what he's doing. And 
one of the good positive things that he's done, it seems like he's pushing some of those five, six-year guys that, you know, sometimes they want to take a day off and kind of take it easy out there. This guy's out here working each and every day trying to get better. So um, there's a reason why they locked him up that long. He's going to be a leader here for a long time. And uh, when you have a guy like that that leads, everybody follows. You know, Gonzo, as you know, you're going to go out there sometimes. You you're, you think you're ready to play, and then you're not going to have a good game, and that happens on a regular basis. But watching Zach Gallen take the ball not once but twice and go out there and not really look like Zach Gallen, do you think the pitch clock is messing with him at all? Yeah, and I think that's one of the things. He's going to have to make that adjustment and figure it out. I mean, he's a good pitcher. He's an all-star pitcher, finished up in the Cy Young Award, and, um, you know, he's our ace. So he's got to go out there and try to figure it out. And, and, you know, it happens to players as they get older. As you know, Wolf, when we get older, you have to try to figure it out and try to make adjustments to your game any way that you can. And um, this has been a rule change that's been done. And for him, he's always been one of those guys that throws over to first a lot takes a little bit more time, thinks about his process of what pitches he's going to throw, and now he doesn't have that extra time to do that. So now uh, everything is kind of speeding up a little bit. But he'll make those adjustments. He's got, gosh, I hope he's got 28, 29 more starts in the season. So hopefully he'll figure it out here soon. Gonzo, we appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you, Gonzo. You got it, guys. Anytime. All right, thanks a lot. That's Luis Gonzalez. The, the, I mean, that's the perfect guy to talk to on, yes. on the day of the D-backs home. He only drove in the winning run in the World Love Series. And a little blooper. Base hit. Diamondbacks win. They're the world champions. Gonzalez did it. Can you imagine? If I was Luis Gonzalez, that'd be my ringtone on my Just phone. The hair on the back of my neck is standing up right now, thinking about how that guy must feel walking around that place sometimes. Uh, when we come back over to basketball, does James Jones think teams are trying to avoid the Suns in the playoffs? You're going to hear what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke. No, actually, you're not. We're going to do Wolf and Down Your Lunch next. We move things around. That's next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it's noonish. It's twelve fifteen. Figure you can move Wolf down your lunch for Luis Gonzalez on the day of the home opener. Yeah. So it's 12-16. Time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the Phoenix Suns have clinched the four seed as they will be back on the court tonight hosting the Nuggets. So how will they approach these final games of the season? Here's Suns GM James Jones when he joined Burns and Gambo yesterday. Honestly, I don't have those answers um, because the only thing I do know is we have not had the ability to play um meaningful game minutes to collectively as a unit um, as long as we would have liked uh, because of circumstance, injury, and things of that nature. Um, but we've been playing better, and, and so we have to balance rhythm and rest. Uh, but we, we need opportunities to play good basketball against good teams. Um, it's not just about rest. You can be rested, um, and you can play poorly. Um, so we just have to strike that balance. But I expect us to figure it out in the coming days. So when you look at who the Suns are playing in their next couple of games, you know, the Nuggets, the Clippers, 
Can you take away, really, their group out there together if they decide not to sit their starters if the other teams are sitting their starters? That's a good question. I I don't know what you can really take away as far as how they measure up against those teams. I think the biggest takeaway is how they are rotating players like a campaign and and just what the Suns, it's more of what they're taking away from the game. You know what I mean? What do they show in the playoffs? That's that's what I was going to say right there. I, you know, forget about who they're playing in these last three games. I think it's just more about getting exposure to Kevin Durant out on the floor in a game environment. That's what they've got to do. I, I want to see that more than anything else over the last three games is just a willingness to go out there with KD in the lineup. Yes, you're going to control his minutes, but he's going to play in all the games. I'd love to see the Suns finish all three games with their players. The D-backs are at Chase Field tonight for their home opener against the Dodgers. So what do you expect to see from the D-backs tonight when Merrill Kelly takes the mound? Merrill Kelly in particular, you brought this up with Gonzo Wolf, but Zach Gallen has struggled in his first two outings. And I don't think anybody's worried about Zach Gallen, but it is a different year with the pitch clock and everything. We're probably going to see some pitchers that are typically really good around Major League Baseball struggle out of the gate a little bit. Uh, Chris Sale's doing it on one of the TVs actually right now for the Red Sox. So Merrill Kelly's importance to this team is only amplified. When you the first trip through the rotation, Bumgarner wasn't good. Zach Gallen hasn't looked like himself. They need Merrill Kelly to be a top-two starter. You know what I want to say? I want to see the eighth inning of the second San Diego Padres game. Once again, I want to see the eighth inning all over again. Oh, my goodness. Go out there. You got three base hits, four stolen bases, lay down a punt, sack, fly. <laughs> Probably going to see that see a lot, actually. Bottom, yes. Jake McCarthy running into the wall and over the wall for the third out, catching it, using that speed. That athleticism, the bravado on this team with these young guys, yeah. I want to see the eighth inning all over again, man. That was big time. Former Cardinals GM Steve Kime was on the Green Light podcast with Chris Long, and he had said this about Kyler Murray and that he still needs to grow. You know, I think he he still needs to grow, and, yeah. and it's not a... Again, it's not slanted towards his, his character. He, he He's not a bad guy. He's a yeah. really good kid, has a good smile, and has a nice way about him. Um, I think it's like anything. Guys have to continue to learn what it's going to take to be great. You know, does does he know what Peyton Manning and Tom Brady know knows what it takes to be great? No. Um, does he work? He does work. Um, I think it's just that side of the uh, the game, the, the the film study, the attention to detail part that he can continue to prove upon, and I think he will. Because um, Kyler's a proud guy, man. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to lose, and he doesn't want to um, let people down. So, you know, I think his best ball is ahead of him. I think they need to be creative and do the right things with him offensively. But you know, I think the, the best ball is ahead of him, and I think he'll get it right. But like I said, it's just to me in that area of watching film, studying the game, attention to detail. uh, I think that's the area where he can vastly improve. So do you think while Kyler Murray is out with his knee injury, that this is the perfect opportunity for him to grow and learn how to watch that film and ultimately get his game better when he returns? 
Oh, Wolf, I know how you feel on this. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna allow you to do that answer, and I'm just going to say this observation about what we just heard from Steve Kime. If if Steve Kime, and I'm, take Steve Kime out, if a, if a former GM was ever going to say something bad about his quarterback, yeah. that, that he had drafted number one, but now sure. he's not, that would have been it right there. He could, And he didn't. He didn't say anything bad about Kyler Murray. So I just, I don't know what to make of that. I just find yeah. it interesting. Yeah, on that note, love you, Steve. Hope you're you're doing well, brother. Um, in regard to your question, Maloney, you know how I feel about this right now. I, I regret the fact that I said it a couple of days after Kyler blew his ACL out. But I said it at that point in time as well. I was talking about this will give him an opportunity to look at himself. This is why the humility of Kyler Murray going forward is so critical and so important to to answering this question. He's got to be able to see himself, Basinonians, without the rose-colored glasses on. He's got to be able to see himself and critique himself and say, this is where I've got to get better. And I'm hoping this opportunity where it's not so physical, the rehab is physical, of course, but he's not out there running around trying to make plays, trying to actually play the game of football. Because the biggest improvement he needs to make is inside. What he thinks, how he goes about his business, how he prepares. This will give him an opportunity to hit that reset button, and I'm looking forward to seeing the results because of it. The Cardinals are holding a top 30 visit with Georgia offensive lineman Broderick Jones as the NFL draft is exactly three weeks away. Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, Georgia. After redshirting his first season and playing in only four games as a freshman, Jones started all 15 games in the Bulldogs' 2022 National Championship season. Jones is ultra-athletic, has nimble feet and good size, and while he has a quickness that allows him to stay in front of pass rushers, he struggles with hand placement when blocking on run plays. NFL comp, Giants tackle Andrew Thomas. So, we know you're in the danger zone on Will Anderson, Wolf. (laughs) So, how many picks would the Cardinals need to get back for you to feel good about them moving back and drafting (laughs) Broderick Jones? And Man. not getting Will Anderson. Yeah, it's it's got to be a lot of picks. Okay, can I say it's Trey Lance? Can I say that? You want the Trey Lance Hall? Yes. Um, three number ones? <laughs> three number ones, and I'd be like, hey, Will, you're you know, awesome, man. I, I know. <laughs> See you on whatever team drafts you. I, but I have to say that only from the standpoint that that's how much I love this kid. That is, it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to do that again because of how it worked out with the San Francisco 49ers right now. Let that be a warning to all. Okay, but what if it were two firsts and two seconds? Like, if we're talking about a team like Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Because the thing is, the Cardinals don't need a quarterback, so they don't have, they don't have to stay up there. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know what I mean. Yeah, but Will Anderson is that rare. I think he's that rare of a player. I was just going to say, Matt, Miller yesterday when he joined you guys said if he had to pick one Hall of Famer from yeah. this year's draft class, it would be Willie Anderson. Matt's not helping Wolf get out of the danger zone I, then, I is he? Hey, I'm the trapped. last time the Cardinals were at number three, who did they draft? Uh, that was Larry Fitzgerald, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was Fitz. Okay. Did it work out? Yeah. I'll say it was Maybe decent. they should stay and try it again. Took a guy that hasn't even retired yet. Look at that. Yeah.
I like Quahia. Yeah, I'm with Mel on that one. Round one of the Masters is underway at Augusta National, guys. Victor Hovland is currently on top of the leaderboard at seven under. He's done for the day. John Rahm has made his way up the leaderboard. He's six under in second. Adam Scott, Cameron Young, and Brooks Kepka are tied for third at five under. So who do you think will ultimately win the Masters this year and receive the famous green jacket? Rahm. Rahm, Rahm was my was my pick before he was six under. Um, just because I get nervous picking somebody to win the Masters that has already won the Masters, you know what I mean? So I, I get that Scotty Scheffler is probably a better golfer right now, but he just won last year, so I'll go with John Rahm. Man, Earlier, just an hour ago, Freddie Couples was in this thing right here. I just want to say that, man. Could you imagine if Freddie Couples was in this thing going into the weekend? Could right you now, imagine? he's one under. He's one under right now, I know. But he was in the second group, yep. as a matter of yeah. fact, just an hour no, ago. I, I heard that in the and update. I was, I was like, really? <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, can you imagine if Freddie Couples, Freddie Couples, Freddie Couples, can you imagine if he were in the running going into the weekend? Oh, man. That place would be fire. How would you feel if a lift golfer won it? I Not just so don't fire. feel like that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's six of them, right? Isn't there six? I feel like there's, I just, I don't know. I don't feel like that's, I don't know. I'll go with John Rom, And not just because of the ASU thing. But I'm just curious why you didn't thing. pick him in the pool. That, there's a long story behind that, and right. I already regret it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel <laughs> text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Does James Jones think teams are trying to avoid the Suns in the playoffs? Plus, the game where nobody loses, Wolf. Kevin or Devin is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Welcome back. It is the Wolf and Luke show on a Thursday afternoon, Thursday of the home opener for the Diamondbacks taking on the L.A. Dodgers tonight. And also, Wolf, the uh, the Suns taking on the Denver Nuggets tonight. Now, Denver has Jokic and Murray listed as questionable. At least they did a couple hours ago. I don't know if they've changed that at all. Um, But uh, three games to go. And... I'm just not even going to... Let's just get to it. This is what I want to do. Let's play a round of Kevin or Devin. Right? Oh, no. Oh. Arizona... Hey, K-Ray trying to jump in. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, man. For Kevin Durant. Looker for the right-hand jam. See the shots that I took. Wait, like I'm booked. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. <laughs> All right. It's the game where nobody loses. This is the important thing you have to remember. Because Says you after you lost. <laughs> because, because that might be why I'm saying this. That's so good. Because the Suns have both Kevin and Devin. But, of course, the game is simple. Who's going to score more points tonight against the Nuggets? Kevin Durant or Devin Booker? Aaron, do you have the standings? I do. So, Wolf, you're 3-3. Three and three. Uh-oh. Like my D-backs. There you go, Wolf. Luke, you're five and one. Ah, that one hurts so much worse when you only have one. Rick is three and three. Okay. Oh, Rick. And I am two and four. Oh, there's still plenty of time. Oh, hang in there, Colorado Rockies. <laughs> what do you have against the Rockies? Oh, <laughs> the Rockies. don't get him started. Don't, yeah, this is the Rockies. Stop it. 
All right. Well, Wolf, you know the rules. There's only oh, yeah. one. You get to pick first this time. Okay. You're the I only one that got pick. the last game right. Yeah. You're the only I, one that I went did, Devin last game. Yeah. yeah, three and three right now, scrapping like my D-backs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know. I'll is, just continue to say that Who right in Major now. League Baseball is even 5-1 and one right now? I don't um, want to be the Brewers. I, I honestly, I, I also like to inform the base, and I really suck buttermilk when it comes to Kevin or Devin. Okay? I just did. So you're just, literally, you should be, everybody should be 50-50 because it's a 50-50 proposition. Okay, great. And you um, are. Okay, great. Thank you, Mr. 5-1, and one, <laughs> trying to cheer me up. Well, it just apparently. means I'm above average. That's all. Okay, I'm going to have to say Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I know it seems odd that Kevin Durant would be my choice here, knowing that Devin Booker is younger, but I do believe <laughs> I do believe that Kevin Durant is going to go off tonight, as a matter of fact. I think he's going to be plus 28. Can I say plus 28? How? I think he's, plus he's not 27. Don't okay, say 27. I think he's going to score 28 tonight, and I think he'll lead all sons. I'm not going to give you any credit if you're exactly right, because you gave me none when I had his 30-point uh, performance. Yeah, that's because you were gloating at that point in time. Hey, remember, remember we got to the Sweet 16 of March Madness and you had four teams left because of the BPI? And then we got to the Elite Eight and you didn't have any teams left? Well, I know, once again. That's good. I'm glad you threw that in my face right now yeah. because it just reminds me that when you got it, you got to flaunt it. All right? Okay. And when you don't, run. All right, so you went with Kevin, huh? Yes, Kevin. Uh, let's see. They're probably going to rest guys a little bit, but not that much. And in fact, Kevin, they kind of want to play a little bit more. This is a tough one. I, I have the fan duel odds, too. The over-under for Book is a 26.5, and the over-under for KD is 25.5. So those numbers wow. have gotten a lot closer okay. to what they were like two or three weeks ago. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go Kevin as well. I think he bounces back. Kind of an off-shooting night on uh, in that Spurs game. I'll go Kevin. I'll go Devin. Oh, okay. All right. Let's go, Book. <laughs> See the shots that I took. <laughs> Wet like I'm booked. I don't okay. know Kevin Durant songs. All right. um, there are. What? I played it in this oh, open. You did play it in the open. This has not been my finest five minutes, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to be right. Rick? <laughs> okay, I'm going to channel my inner wolf here and oh, just no. trust something that just blindly trust the, like, the VPI. <laughs> what do you mean? So, I so mean... I'm going to go and just trust FanDuel, which says that uh, Devin is going to score more, so I'm going to go with Devin. Okay, I see. That, that, that might was... be the way to do it, actually. Just Command go and control? Against the host? Yeah. Oh, look at this. Oh, yeah. Hey, how about that? Oh, we're teammates. The have we ever been teammates? Right there. All right. Well, we're. Should the loser have to produce the show? You don't no. want that. <laughs> we are, yeah, we are teammates when the ratings are good. And then otherwise, <laughs> you're out. Or when it's one of the one o'clock hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're turning on each other, or all of us, about yes. a half hour early today. Look at that. Look how far we've come. This time, Wolf is on board with, with KD, and Maloney's the one picking Devin Booker. Whereas back in July, you didn't even want KD here. Yeah. And now you're all in. Man, you know... You have to wonder what's going to happen tonight because the questionable tag that is on Jamal Murray, of course, and Jokic, that makes you think immediately they're not playing. Okay. I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking. It does right sort of now. set the stage, doesn't it? It just, it makes me think they're not. And, um, okay. But the Phoenix Suns, you would imagine they are going to be playing their guys. This is how many games now? 
with Kevin Durant. Seven? Seven games. Well, let me see how Kevin many wins Durant do they have. Right seven. So, yeah, seven. Yeah, you know, so seven games right now. You'd like to actually see them continue to improve and finish strong. I think it's interesting. Three is the number of games left. Yes. That would get to 10, wouldn't it? 10 games <laughs> yes, with Kevin Durant. Do you see something specific in that? Something good in that number 10? I do. <laughs> and what is it? It's 10. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I didn't know what there is was the... like a deeper meaning <laughs> or something. What are you doing? I'm what, tr- when trying says, to get to the bottom of hey, this. You know what? Give me give me your rating on something Okay, from 1 to 10. Yes. You're going to go to 10, right? Usually if You're I'm really passionate, 10. I go 11. Okay, 10 and 0. Uh, well, 10 Did and 0 would be nice. That? Yeah. Well, you didn't leave me the O. You just said you was going to play 10 games. The number 10. Okay. It's... it's <laughs> When you say ten immediately, it's indicative. It is. It's 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 meaning. Perfect ten. Yes. Perfect ten. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. okay. You think Synonymous. he's playing in all three games? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I kind of actually think he might. He I think seems the last the game, one. The last game, I can see him sitting. Yeah, there. they might sit everybody in that 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 Clippers game. I guess that's true. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I I, I do think that Clippers game. I, I do. <laughs> since they might actually. Play the Clippers. Oh, let's see what you. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't you show them anything. Okay. Hey, you know what? Come on, get off the tractor and scratch your butt. <laughs> You're not going to get a scouting report like that anywhere else. Here's uh, James Jones, who was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. They said, "All right, James, how closely are you going to be scoreboard watching in these final few days of the season?" We watch the games not to figure out who we're playing. We watch the game because we know that. Um, Teams are playing for something, and you get a chance to see some good basketball. I mean, they usually have to put their best, uh, you know, put their best strategies uh, out there on the floor, and so you can learn a little bit about everyone. But you also learn a little bit about what works, and 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 you can just observe and see if there's something you can take um, from high level games that you can apply. Um, but from a seating perspective, no. But just being a fan of the game and and being excited about this part of the season, you know, the playoffs are here, and teams are going on this championship journey. Uh, this is what we live for. Yeah, this is what we live for right there. Um, you know what's interesting about the Clippers, once again, could the Clippers actually be playing for something in the last game of the season? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they could actually, I believe, still be playing to avoid the play-in tournament Okay, at that point. Right. Um well, let's say the Clippers fancy themselves some Phoenix Suns as well, right? <laughs> That's a possibility. Yeah, I think it's more likely teams fancy themselves some Sacramento Kings in the first round, if it okay. really comes down to it. Okay. I mean, what would you rather play? The team that hasn't been to the playoffs in that's, 16 years is, or the team is, with KD and Booker? I, that's, that's really a great question right there because uh, I think... If, in fact, you're going to win the whole thing, you've got to beat the best, right? You've got to do it. To yeah. be the best, you've got to beat the best. I buy in when you're talking about that from the Suns' perspective or the Warriors' perspective. Okay. Not necessarily the Clippers' perspective. Their main yeah. guys take 50 do games you, off a year. Do you think the Clippers, for the most part, though, are a physical team? They're capable of being a very physical yeah. team. I've seen that. Fact, yes. right? uh, I, I think the Clippers look at the Suns and think we could be the team to beat them. I could be dead wrong on that. But because of their physicality, that's the matchup. I think most teams are going to take against the Phoenix Suns in the postseason. We'll see.
All right, when we come back, we'll get over to baseball again. D-backs gearing up to face the Dodgers in their home opener tonight. We're going to talk to their special assistant to the president and CEO, J.J. Putz, joins us next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The D-backs return to the Valley hosting the Dodgers for their first home series of the 2023 season. Arizona Sports brings you D-backs home opener coverage with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, D-backs Dodgers tonight. Already the fifth time the D-backs have seen the Dodgers, but it's the home opener, so there's a little extra juice to it. Merrill Kelly on the mound against Dustin May. Uh, Wolf, our next guest, I know you've wanted to talk to him for a while because you were talking about him. It's J.J. Putz is joining yeah. us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. You were talking about him all the way back at uh, Cardinals training camp. Do you remember this? Uh-huh. You got into it with J.J. Putz, as a matter of fact. I believe that was to <laughs> Will Hernandez. And I believe you were talking about J.J. Watt. Oh, my goodness. Wait a minute. You guys are going to throw this up in my face where I totally miss. Uh, yes. You got into works. it with J.J. Putz, as a matter of fact. Are you? So, so wait a minute. Okay, you're going to throw this in my <laughs> face again. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, at you least, know, and probably you, more times. Have you ever misidentified somebody, J.J.? Have you ever done that before in your life? Every day. (laughs) I said J.J. Puts as opposed to J.J. Watt, please. Well, if I just want to be clear, I find that, I find that to be a compliment. So, thank you, Wolfie. <laughs> you know, we're talking to J.J. Puts now, right? Yes, I do Watt. know that. Okay. As a matter, cool. J.J., how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well, man. Thanks. Uh, it's good to be on with you guys. It's been a while. It's been a long time, but uh, like I said, it's uh, it's exciting time of year, and um, you know, I love talking baseball. Could you could you still take the ball, J.J.? Could you still take it and close out? Against uh, maybe like 12 you players, yeah. Um, probably not uh, anything past that. Uh, all right, JJ, the, the first week of this season, I know it's early. I know they're 500, but uh, but Wolf and I have really been kind of on this uh, campaign of if, they, if you can get through the first 10 games, considering how ridiculous the schedule is, and you get out of that 500 or better, you got to feel pretty good about the, the, the way this season could potentially go. What have you liked about the first six games? Uh, you know, I like the, um, the 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 aggressiveness that our team has shown uh, on the bases. Um, you know, we've had some some decent starts. Um, we've had some good, some, some surprising guys out of the back end of the bullpen. I think uh, I love what Jerry Jameson's done so far. Um, I just think that this is one of the, these years where this team is just going to slowly, you know, build off of the way they finished last year. And I just think you're just going to see this team gain confidence as they get deeper and deeper into the season. And I think this three and three start is definitely a step in the right direction to, to gain some of that confidence considering who we've opened up again. Yeah. Right now in that regard to being three and three, I know it's only six games. I, I do. And, and I know you got to be careful when you try to evaluate this, but at the same time, what is the best trend that you see so far with this team through six games? The best trend? Yes. Um, again, I, I would just have to say just the way that we've been aggressive at the plate and, and just our – we're kind of running with our, you know, hair on fire on the bases. And I think that's what this team was kind of built to do. And, you know, with some of these rule changes and the, the bases and all that kind of stuff, I think that fits really well into the way that Mike and, and the team has, uh, you know, assembled these guys. We're talking to J.J. Putz. Uh, J.J., you mentioned Dre Jameson, and we got to talk to him during spring training on this show, and we got to talk to Mike Hazen about him yesterday, and, and, and Mike said, you know, we're kind of 
we're, we're keeping him stretched out where if we need a starter, he could be that guy. But also we don't totally know because he's a really good weapon in the bullpen. You know, just from your perspective as a pitcher, how unique of a situation is Dre Jamison potentially in? And, and what, what's some of the best advice uh, that, that maybe he could get right now? I mean, I think the best advice he could probably get is just, you know, don't overthink things. Just go out there and, you know, just take it one inning at a time. I know it sounds like super cliche and everything, but it it really is the truth. Um, No matter what role he's thrown into at any given day, um, you know, he could be a long guy one day and then a couple weeks later come in in the eighth or come in in the ninth. Um, Just try to keep it simple and just take it one inning at a time. Don't, Don't let the situation get too big. Um, I think he is definitely in a, in a, a unique situation. Um, but the beautiful thing about that is he's young and his stuff plays in whatever role they put him in. JJ, do you talk to some of these guys? I mean, you know, I know that that's not your official role with a club, but, you know, I just, your experience, your knowledge, do you walk around and talk to some of these young guys and give them some advice? I, I don't. I only usually do that if, if somebody asks me to come down and talk to somebody. I, I don't try to, you know, you know, because I, I don't know what, uh, you know, like we've got, you know, a great pitching coach and a great bullpen coach down there. So I don't know what they're communicating to them. And I, I would hate to have like mixed messages. So, if, you know, if that were to call me up and say, hey, I'd love you to come talk to Dre and just talk a little bit about, you know, your experiences. And, you know, because I started off as a long guy in the pen when mm-hmm. I first got called up in Seattle. And, kind of got switched over, you know, a year later. So, you know, I do have a little bit of experience with that. And, uh, but like I said, I, I wait for somebody to ask me to come down and talk to any of these guys. Okay. Talking to JJ puts uh, JJ three wins so far, three saves by three different guys. Uh, just in your experience, is it better if ultimately there is one closer and, and what sort of mentality does somebody have to have to be that closer? I don't think there's a perfect uh, recipe for that. Um, I think anybody who has closed would say that they like knowing that it's their role. But and and I and I fully expect one of these guys to just finally take over and run with it. Um, we've just got too many guys down there with 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 too good of stuff for somebody not to, you know, get to the leader of the pack there. But um, you know, I think as far as like mentality goes, you just have to have a a short memory. Um, you got to be aggressive and you, you, you got to pitch to your strengths and, you know, we have guys down there that can do that. So I'm, I'm excited about, you know, this bullpen. And like I said, the stuff down there this year is as good as we've had in a long time. JJ, talk to me about the pitch clock. Would you have liked the pitch clock? You know, I've been asked that a lot. Um, I, I don't. I don't, the answer is I don't really know if I would have liked it or not. I know I would have adjusted to whatever was in play. Um, I, as a, as a person not on the mound right now and just a fan of the game again, I love it. I think, um, as soon as pitchers can, can figure out how they personally have to adapt to it, I think they're going to find themselves in a much better rhythm and tempo because of the pitch clock. And I, I truly think it's more of an advantage to the pitcher because the hitter has less time where he has to be set and ready to go. And you still ultimately have control because you have, what, seven or eight seconds longer than the hitter does. So the game is still going at your pace. It's just a pace within a pace. Um, I I don't consider myself to have been a guy that was a slow worker, Mm -hmm. but I definitely wasn't like a Mark Burley or Jared Watson type of quick speed out there. 
we've had a few pitchers and hitters both tell us now it might actually benefit the uh, the, the pitchers more. Um, talking to JJ puts JJ the the defensive outfield that you guys have put together with Alec Thomas and, and Jake McCarthy and, and Corbin Carroll. Just from a pitcher's perspective, what does what does that do for you knowing that you've got those three guys willing to run through a wall literally to catch a ball? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if that doesn't make you want to attack the strike zone, I don't think anything will. Um, the amount of ground that those guys can cover out there as a group is probably some of the best in the game defensively. Um, I, as a pitcher, I mean, that's that's a dream come true, especially in a ballpark like ours where, you know, the ball does carry a little bit and it's a bigger outfield space. But those those three guys make it look pretty small out there. JJ, for a guy that has played 23 games at the major league level, what is a reasonable expectation for Gabriel Marino? Oh boy, that's that's a good one. Um, I think I, I think for me, the, the, the biggest expectation is just managing the pitching staff. First and foremost, he has to he has to gain the trust and confidence of you know every single guy that runs out there and takes the ball. And I think anything he's able to do offensively for me, is a bonus. Um, and we all know how talented he is with a bat in his hand, too. So, you know, I don't want to put, like, a, a number or anything on it, but I just think, for me, the biggest expectation he should have is, like, being the guy that these pitchers lean on and can trust in big situations. Uh, talking to J.J. Putz, uh, J.J., Zach Gallen, you know, didn't have an amazing spring. It doesn't really matter. But now in his first two starts, he hasn't totally looked like Zach Gallen. I mean, you're talking about one of the best pitchers in baseball. In a situation like that, does somebody talk to him? For that good of a pitcher, does you just kind of work your own way out of it? What's the next step for Zach Gallen to get back to looking like Zach Gallen? I'm not concerned with Zach at all. I think he's still trying to figure out this pitch clock situation and just that whatever that new rhythm he's going to have to get to, and he'll get there. Um, he's, a, he's a smart guy, smart pitcher. Obviously, he's still got incredible stuff. I just think he's still trying to just get comfortable with you know the new pace of the game, and he'll get there. You know, hopefully it's sooner than later. But you know, I don't. I'm not. I'm not overly concerned with with what's happened in his first two starts. Of the rule changes that have happened, J.J., is there one that stands out other than the pitch clock? Uh, I think the shift. I mean, I think that um, I, I was I, when I played there. Were, there was some shifting going on, but it wasn't to the to the extent that it that it got to. And I, I never was a really big fan of the defensive shift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've probably gotten beat a few times with the shift. Where you like you make your pitch and it hits right where the shortstop should be, and you're like, where is he? Why is he over there? I don't pitch to that. You know, I don't pitch to that location. Um, but then you did love it when it went. You know, was a ground ball where you're like, crap, that's a hit, and it's it's a you know six three or something like that. Right. But I just think I just think it's more back to like the pure part of the game. Um, it was just kind of weird when you had your third baseman playing in short right field. Um, I think you know, obviously, this is going to go back to an advantage to the hitters. Um, maybe, maybe not. I, I, I never really understood when there was a shift against the lefty and there's nobody on the left side of second base. These are the best hitters in the game. Like, how can they not just stay inside the ball and just hit mm-hmm. on the left side? Yeah. It never, never really made sense to me. But um, I think that's one of the other things that you'll notice is probably a bigger thing. I don't know about the bases so much. Um, I just don't think I, there, there's been enough to show what the bases are going to do. Well, JJ, we appreciate the time as uh, as always, man, and, and good luck this season. All right, 
Appreciate it. It's going to be a good year for the D-backs. Uh, Wolf, it's great talking to you again. Just remember, I was the baseball guy, not the big football guy. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> JJ, thank you so much, buddy. Really appreciate your time. All right, boys. Appreciate it. Have okay, a good man. one. All right, you too. That's JJ Puts, not JJ Watt, uh, yeah. joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. I just can't, you know what? I, I made a simple mistake, Luke. Can't make mistakes. You got into show. it with oh. JJ Puts, as a matter of fact. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. All right. When we come back, we'll get back to football since. Um, since that cut right there is from training camp for football. So bad. Is Will Anderson, you know, let, I just, I'll say this. People that always say, well, you know, Wolf just, he always wants to bring it back to football. On no. that day, we were sitting there interviewing Will Hernandez about football. And yes. all, all you wanted to do, apparently, was talk baseball. Yeah, yeah. right. So look at that. Yeah, how about that? Uh, we, quid pro quo. When we come back, is Will Anderson a talent that's worth just saying no to all these trades and staying right at number three for the Cardinals? It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.